0: I thoroughly enjoyed it as I was like a beautiful film about the AIDS crisis. <laughs> Zach starts pissing himself laughing. I couldn't
1: figure it out. I was trying oh, yeah. to piece it together. I was like, "Is it really
2: that funny?" I was, I was like, trying what? to hold. I was trying to hold it in. There. I was trying. To...
0: <laughs> I couldn't rate
1: it at all. I was a bit concerned.
2: Welcome to the well-played dlc podcast australia's juiciest gaming podcast i am zach jackson joined by james wood howdy gamers adam ryan hello nathan Hennessy, uh, g'day and mr turbo Chalk himself ash wailing
3: oh video games hello
2: hey how
3: are you very good all that enthusiasm is gone now it's done <laughs>
2: it's how's everybody else exciting night Oh
1: big yeah, night. Ready to rev, Huge old night. boy. We got some games to chat. Oh, Some games to discuss.
2: We do, we do. But um I got a not a confession, that's the wrong word. I got a uh, maybe an apology to make. Oh, that's rare. So on the we on the weekend I uh, hung out with the great man K S at his Bucks party. Oh, here we a go. Few, and a few northern folk were there, residing in uh your Prestons and your whatnots. And they have, um, oh, they've, they've confirmed. They've backed oh, up bacon's no. tails. Oh, yeah. they, <laughs> though in, in everyone's defense, they did not, they kind of looked at me like I was a fucking idiot when I, said <laughs> that, like there were clowns, <laughs> but they, de- they said there's definitely jugglers, uh, jugglers, like jugglers are just definitely a thing. Clowns, not so much. Do they have to mm. differentiate?
3: The There's no clowns, but there are jugglers. Don't they come to the same <laughs> category of just circus <laughs> Exactly. I'm, I'm with Ash on this like, one. Don't no like start splitting Some Someone's
2: they there juggling something versus someone dressed as a fucking clown. I think that's. I think you what about the, tell if you're performing
1: acrobatics and shit say, on, like a, on a like, traffic junction, you're a bit of a clown.
3: There's only a red
4: your... nose difference, mate.
3: Yeah, there, there you go. It's see? Or a wig. Mm. Or just funny shoes. You don't whip out a Pokedex oh, and to it Oh, It's Preston, mate. they got funny shoes. <laughs> they stole them
2: um,
1: So there you go Thanks for days
2: <laughs> Yeah right Cool Alright let's get stuck Straight into it Anyone want to share Anything about any game They've been playing Keep it quick Because uh, we've got shitloads to talk about I finished the Callista Protocol Really really loved it And it was quite Devo that was about Eight hours long um, she, she wanted is, more She is She did She is Mate she's mind blown That it you, got, it got you really really reviews. loved it you used two I really, there. I really enjoyed it. I did. Huh. I am. I'm surprised as you are. He he did
1: say last week he thought it was ranking in maybe a little bit better than the Dead Space remake. Wow.
2: Mm.
4: In his humble opinion.
2: I, I in didn't my humble it. opinion.
4: Does that hold true uh, still? Now that you finished uh,
2: it. I mean, I think probably Dead Space is a, is a better game, but I think I probably enjoyed Glistow because it was something different. Do you, think, um, do you think
3: the game was better for having Josh to Hummel?
2: Yeah, I thought was, he actually was all right. Oh, that's vote?
1: definitely a Zach please, So that's getting the dad vote. <laughs> 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 I'm, not even,
2: I'm not even a dad.
1: What he used to be was he in, was that him that was in Las Vegas. Yeah, or he Vegas was in Las sort of Vegas. Of a he's
3: also random dude in the Transformers Michael Bay movies. Yeah. Big, um, big he is the
1: bait. military guy. Yeah,
3: yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's a military man. Adam's face is, is full out. of wonder now, and he's just like, oh, generic white guy was Josh Duhamel? wow.
2: <laughs> Anna thought it was uh, his doppelganger. Mm. Well, there's a well, whole I mean, philosophical debate around that. Yeah. What's that? Do, do we know who I'm talking about?
1: I assume the digital Josh Duhamel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, there's an actor who looks like Josh.
4: Oh, and Doppel. every other white actor Josh
2: yeah, just
1: oh, Mark not
2: He's not that unrecognisable Timothy... It's pretty generic Timothy Oliphant. Fuck off uh, like I, Oliphant. I don't know how I feel about that piece? one No oh, Really? a fucking loot You Google that shit Feels a bit racist I'm
3: doing it right goddamn it. What? Now.
4: I take it back they I'm just exactly saying that's my only
1: defence yeah. to keep Timothy Oliphant at the top
3: I mean, like you know, I'm not. you like, You know, I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to say that you're looks. wrong. I'm just going to say that look, they don't look the same. But that looks like Josh Dehamel's dad. Okay, that's that's <laughs> well, the way I see it.
0: So I thought like, that was Josh Dehamel for a second. So, <laughs> so I think. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. case in it's, point. An,
4: it's an open and shut case, isn't it? <laughs> I'm afraid <laughs>
1: we've ten. tested it. That myth has been busted. Mm.
2: So I'll just apologize to Anna on behalf of everyone here. Um, yeah. Cheers, mate. Adding. Thanks. For doubting her uh, doppelganger detection. And now I'm going to make a
3: conscious effort that if I ever see Timothy Oliphant, I'm going to say, man, I loved you in Las Vegas.
2: (laughs) And he'll probably (laughs) deck me out. He was great in Rockstar with Michael Holberg. He was great in Mandalorian. Weird cuts. Anyway, I finished that game and very, yeah, I liked it. So, fuck me, right? (laughs) Yeah, fuck you. How dare you? (laughs) Uh, yeah, and then I've been playing something else which we'll talk about. Anybody else?
1: Fuck no. All content for me.
2: Yeah,
3: everything I want to talk about is stuff that I'm reviewing and I'll talk about later in the podcast. <laughs>
4: Foreshadowing. No one? I played Beat Actually, Saber. No. Game's still oh. fucking good.
3: There we go. I was well, like, well, no,
4: I don't need to play it again. But apparently I do, and I've spent a whole bunch of money on songs, and it's got me back in again. The game's <laughs> fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, it's something special about it. I've, I've definitely spent a few dollars on it myself.
4: I've so played much anywhere fun. near enough.
3: And it's You'll so work up easy a to wicked sweat. Oh, oh to work yeah. out. Oh, absolutely. To work
4: out. But it's such an easy that's... one to like introduce people to VR with, because you can just whack it on. You understand, you know, you just swipe at the bricks. That's it, and then they start having a grand old time. So I love it for that alone.
2: Is there a? Uh, there's no PS Five. Uh, sorry, PSVR Two upgrade. Is there?
4: No, it just dropped on PSVR Two. Oh, cool. Right. Has anyone seen any that, that VR bit from the, Oh, go on. Sorry.
2: No. Any, was on. any major differences between the? One just and
4: visually, like between the the difference between one and two is fairly stark. I played it on one, and it was rough around the edges, but yep. yeah, two is super, super crystal clear. Um, And frame rate wise, it just makes the game more manageable, I suppose, because the beat actually matches what's coming at you. So it's, yeah, it's pretty seamless.
3: Cool. Liking it a great deal. Yeah. Take that seams.
2: Alrighty. Uh, Nathan, do you want to kick us off unless James has got something he wants to talk about, but I think he's pretty, I don't pretty good. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Janet, Nathan, you've got a couple of things to talk about. So start with, start with System Shock. Let's go with that. Start with Ooh. the biggest
1: drop of the week. Yeah, That's System it. Shock. So this is a remake of the... and I must define what remake is. In this instance, it's a bit of a visual and quality awesome. of life remake to the 1994 scroll, game. Scroll
3: harder, Nathan. Make sure you're scrolling really oh, hard. Oh, you're really
1: hearing that, are you? Oh, slippery, <laughs> yeah. slippery. Anywho, System Shock coming to us from Night Dive Studios. These are the folks with the Kex engine that have been sort of bringing a lot of 90s games into the modern era by making them playable through, I don't know, like emulation, middleware or whatever. Anyway, they've rolled up their sleeves and bought us a kind of a slightly different vision of System Shock. This is... Looking pretty good. Like Visually, this is one of my favorite things about System Shock. It's got some pretty interesting lighting, basically giving us atmosphere in what is this Citadel space station. So you play the nameless hacker. You've been taken to this space station to basically loosen the shackles on their station's AI, which then gives forth a, I don't know, a kind of being to what is now known as Shodan who has all these desires of now taking over the station, using that as a tool to demolish the Earth, create her own, um, I guess, subservient species by mutating humans, experimenting on them and creating new kinds of uh, beings. So what we do is we start out at the bottom level of this station. We work our way to the very top. The way we do that is we mindlessly explore the depths of the levels of these stations very much in the way that you would, I suppose, a a uh, classic first-person dungeon crawler. So you just kind of move in cardinal directions for most of the game. So you've got hallways that are heading north, south, east, west. They're going to lead to tunnels and rooms. that are going to give you weapons. But mostly what you'll be looking for are key cards. While you're looking for key cards, you'll be surviving from mutants popping out of the walls and just uh, taking you down from behind without announcing themselves. It's an issue I came uh, came across throughout most of my 20 hours of the game. I would have died close to 100 times in this game Uh, the one saving grace is if you played bioshock or system shock 2 you'd of course be aware that death is only a slight inconvenience that's just spawning you or respawning you at this kind of um, medical station where you're there recomposed Uh, the bummer of this is there's only one of these checkpoints on each level And it can take a fair amount of time trying to discover one of these on uh, subsequent levels as you're actually trying to progress through the game. So progressing through this game is a real slog. I think there's only about nine levels in total. uh, And you'll find yourself having to backtrack between these levels without any real clear indication to find what might be a... Oh, one of the shittest examples I can throw at you right now is... uh, There was a panel that had a biological, like, like a sensor that I needed to pass in order to progress. And it just so happened that when I was three floors below in the mess hall amongst dozens of dead scientists, the game told me that I could pick up one of the scientists' decapitated heads. And I figured, why the fuck not? And assumed that it was just something I could recycle for some cash, but I forgot that it was in my inventory, and it just so happened that three levels later that was the one item I needed to actually get through this door. Uh, It's a very obscure game. It's a game that doesn't really give you an idea of what your objectives are in order to progress and expects you to go and trawl through all of the areas you've already explored with meticulous detail finding the one wall panel that opens up the next area. It's mind-meltingly dull at the worst of times. Uh, All your progress is going to be constantly interrupted by enemies not announcing themselves and taking you out from behind. Combat is kind of a bit shit because there's no feedback to any of the weapons and eventually you just start feeling like you're feeling enemies full of nerf bullets until you get some of the later game weapons that actually start to pack a punch but ammo is so scarce that you might only get a half dozen uses out of some of the late game weapons before it's just taking up a big bulk of your inventory space which is extremely limited and there's only about three upgrades in the entire game. Uh, the one last thing I'll say is if you have played a shot game, you'll probably be used to expecting that you'll get like offensive technologies, like you'll be able to power up some kind of cybernetic enhancements to attack enemies. There's none of that here. Uh, there's no offensive capabilities to any of the upgrades or things that you pick up. You, at best, most of these upgrades that you get, the cybernetic enhancements are just UI elements. The best one you get is a, a set of boots that lets you hover and... Uh, and like a suit that lets you absorb radiation because there's a lot of like just like opened radiation barrels just like lying around the station for whatever reason. Uh, it's a fine game. It's not a bad game. It's an average game. I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone other than the nostalgia crowd that might have grown up in the 90s with this kind of game. It's kind of cool to have slapped a bit of a dinky shooter onto what is an, ostensibly a sci-fi dungeon crawler. I really like those old school dungeon crawlers, but unfortunately, anytime time I encountered combat, I just immediately rolled my eyes. And then the other shit part of the game is these what are called cyberspace sections, where you've got to effectively float around like it's in Descent. Again, from the 90s, you've got no sense of being. You just go around 360 degrees, dodging bullets and shooting down these like little faces that float towards you in this arena. It's a bit average. It's fine. I gave it a 5.5 uh it as i said it took me the better part of 20 hours i had to use a walkthrough frequently uh (laughs) but but i would persevere until i did like i would be walking around backtracking for hours before i'd bite the bullet so just be aware of that you know this is a game that you need a pen and paper with otherwise you're going to be consulting tutorials and walkthroughs and your mileage may vary
2: but showdown's still really cool cool and you never played the original.
1: Did you? No, no, no. I've only ever played System Shock 2, which in my opinion is a far superior game, right from the very get-go. Uh, but this is a still really cool as a kind of history lesson, as a precursor to what we now understand. I suppose some reviewers are saying this is a precursor to the Sim. I don't fully agree with that, but I can kind of see where they're coming from, and that's, that's a neat idea. Well,
2: this was made by Looking Glass, correct?
1: Yeah, so that's the studio that went on to do, I think, like Deus Ex and, and... Thief. Like... Yeah, Thief, like the biggest, the big name blockbuster FPS games that define the 90s. So it's it's oh, such a big legacy.
2: They broke out and did Bioshock? Uh, I, I should know. So the, the dude that
1: did Bioshock, I don't... Ken he Levine. came from Irrational, I think, so... Ken Levine? Yeah, I don't think he was Looking Glass technically, although some Looking Glass folks worked on it.
0: Seems like it was from an era where, like, eventually everyone split up and started doing their own takes on those fundamentals anyway so yeah it's, it's, yeah it's all shared dna it's all very incestuous C-
2: correct correct he was at looking glass ken levine yep oh there you go
0: yeah so i know
1: the big oh. wig for for these games at looking glass was warren Spector. warren Spector was obviously the visionary behind deus ex which came to redefine what these games were capable of so um huge caliber of game that's why i think this is really curious as a history lesson do you want to sit through a 20-hour history lesson, though? That That's uh, that's your call.
4: That was going to be well, that, my question, because I don't have any nostalgia for the series at all, yeah. but I respect it for kind of the foundations that it laid. So I was hoping that this might be kind of more... Uh, I don't know. You, you toe the line, don't you, between keeping the original vision intact because it's so beloved and because it did so much and then completely remaking it to kind of bring it up to today's standards like do you think it will have an appeal with people who have played it you know all those years ago and they'll be happy with it being unchanged
1: well at least in my conversations with folks outside of the media sphere that were looking forward to this because they played it as kids they're willing to overlook a lot to kind of get that nostalgia jolt take it like a drug kind of thing and i respect that but my perspective is I don't have that nostalgia. So do I want to play Doom from 1993 or whatever's, or do I want to play Doom 2016? I'm going to take the latter every time. Yeah, that's fair.
2: It does seem like that if you have feelings towards the original that this is a very faithful remake and you will mm. enjoy this.
1: Yes, and, and just for just for disclosure, I can't okay, comment fans, on how faithful fans. it is.
2: Doesn't agree. I, I mean, I'm only going to have uh, se- several people that I've spoken with. Yeah. And that's a cool yeah. perspective. Original, so. I, James, I, think
0: you- that, I think it attempts to capture something of the spirit of the original, but like they have bolted a lot of very contemporary mechanics onto this thing. And none of them feel particularly good to me. Like Nathan's story talked about sort of the first person combat. Um, I think the inventory system is shit. Um, <laughs> it's just that they're, they're you know adam you're talking about kind of like if they're remaining faithful or trying to modernize it and instead they've ended up in a bit of a no man's land where they've done neither fully um and so my understanding of the original game which has largely been through a bunch of like youtube let's plays and retrospectives but like i'm aware enough of its mechanics that i know that this isn't that game but at the same time it's not modernized enough to feel good for a modern player either so i just don't know who's happy with this as a product i mean like it's reviewing well i think Mm. that you know the fact that it is essentially like a really nice visual recreation of the level that these people had played back in the day. We'll, we'll get this thing very, very far. Mm. Um, but I do think it's additional mechanics aren't great and they hold back. What to me is like a really interesting core experience, which is like the game is like ugly and mean and I, I didn't enjoy it, but I can't stop thinking about it either. But like, that's just the core of it. Everything else around it, the actual act of playing it, I don't love. Um, but if it was just more of that core experience, a bit more of that, like, you know, specific movement system they had in the original game, I would be a bit more invested in trying this out, but I just don't want to play this.
2: Mm. And you reviewed it for power up What did you did. Actually end up scoring it?
0: I did. Yeah. So I went with a 6.5 because I think that it is an interesting thing. Um, and I did end up saying, yes i i can't read what that is on your screen there but no, it's, i assume it's tracking
3: it's, 75 on metacritic across 30 reviews yeah so which it's is very sort of, sort of, that yeah. seems Smack about bang that. in that area of yeah exactly
0: yeah um yeah like i i didn't have fun with it but i don't need to have fun with a game to kind of respect what it's doing i just think that what the the additional stuff it is doing isn't very good but the the core stuff there the actual stuff they have recreated from the first game from that original title is really cool and kind of off-putting to modern sensibilities and i I love that shit in video games i think that you know we should have more of these titles that don't expressly hold a player's hand um and so yeah i did find it interesting but more in an academic sense than a moment-to-moment enjoyment sense
3: in an analytical sense very exactly yeah
0: it's fun to write about like i loved writing about this game i like thinking about this game but will i go back and play it i I, I don't want to bounce off of it the way that i did but
3: you've drawn so much joy from the experience but not actually interacting with it it's
0: just yeah it's a really really strange one um and like I said this in my review I didn't end up finishing this thing I bounced off around the eight hour mark I just you know I, I wasn't having a good enough time to warrant you know further crunching my weekend to to try to get this done um but at the same time I there is that little part of the back of me the back of my head that's like go back, like go back to Citadel station, (laughs) Um, like try to, to, you know, pull it apart a little bit more. Um, So, you know, I think there's an achievement in there in a sense.
1: Yeah. So after you get to 17, 18, 19 hours, you're not going to want to go back.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine. So
4: (laughs) (laughs) Was the original game that long?
1: Uh, Do Do we know? Well, how long to it's, beat or whatever, how, like that, that yeah, it's website gives it about 15 to 25 hours. Yeah. That is but If you know your path, long. it's six. It's not a yeah. big game though. It's just you're no. going to spend so much time aimlessly yeah. walking around in circles, hitting every inch of a wall <laughs> to try and figure out what the way forward is because there's no journal. There's no yeah. logs. You're at no point in time does this game give you an idea of what you're meant to be doing.
4: It's not like
2: I... I like those. You guys, Zach. Sorry. Old point-and-click games where you got a pixel hunt, where you got yeah, to you and will and pixel. Hunt. A, mm-hmm. Oh my little god! Little yeah, you try any combination of anything just to try and push forward. Ah, oh, use the pulley yeah. with the chicken on the rope. Yeah,
1: it, this game delights in obfuscating what are very simple objectives, and uh yes, yeah, you, it definitely. will require tremendous patience for you to enjoy this as a piece of entertainment. I enjoyed it as a history lesson,
3: but does it feel mm. malicious, or is it just a case of that was a different time and there's just that kind no, of? No, this this feels like night
1: dive. This like like um, James said, it's always this no man's land between. They're not preserving the entire original vision. They're trying to make some changes or improvements, mm. but they're just not going far far enough. It's a little bit yeah. half-hearted.
4: Yeah. What an intriguing.
0: If we want to is. end on a positive, uh, the voice actor for Shodan came back and she re-recorded all of her lines oh, and, and she crush it. crushes it. Did that, it. Yeah. yeah, she's incredible. That's awesome. It's cool. my
1: yeah, it's probably amongst my favourite parts of the game. And I think all reviewers agreed on that. Shodan yeah. is a it's just a timeless villain.
2: All right, let's let's push on because we got a we got, we got heaps to talk about. Adam, I want you to <laughs> come in for the landing. I want you to take off with your tabletop reviews here. Let, let's get those out of the way. Yes. Uh, that, was standard, that sounded let's, very let, I know Let's how just how much, speed through wow. this trash, Adam. Get to work.
4: I know how much you love board games, Zach. So I will <laughs> that go through these. Way
2: than what it meant to be. It meant at like a fucking
4: snail pace. I'll tell you about every mechanic. <laughs> um, now I've got two review board games to have a quick chat about. Both of which I think Nathan will be excited about for different reasons. Um, the first one is called Trekking Through History. Um, it's more of a, I'd say maybe like a family board game or kind of a, a light like a like a warm up game. If you're gonna have a, a big night of playing board games, this is one you could crack out and smash out in half an it's hour the, to kind it's of
3: pre drinks.
4: Yeah, to kind of get you in the mood. Um, it's a two <laughs> to four player resource collecting game with a, a historical theme. Um, and I know the idea of playing a board game based on history m- might not uh, rustle your jimmies, but it is beautiful as far as artwork is concerned, and how the mechanics kind of tie into the theme as well. Um, so each play as time travelers and you've got an itinerary to help you plan out to your adventure um, to pivotal points in human history. The core mechanic is that you collect cards and each card will give you resources that you'll put on your itinerary to fill that board and gain points. So the core of it is very simple. Um, but there are two things, two mechanics that get you to think a bit more strategically. So one is that you're rewarded for visiting events chronologically. So each year, uh, each card has a year on it. Um, so say, uh, learning art from the art of war from Sun Tzu, uh, or measuring your height against Napoleon. So you'll get uh, extra points. Say, I think. If you get five years or five trips in chronological order, you'll get nine points. Whereas if you get a string of nine cards in chronological order, you'll get 21. So you're incentivized to think about what cards you're taking, not just based on the resources that you need to put on your board.
3: Are those actual objectives or is that just a random personal example you made up?
4: No, no, no. That, those are those are actual examples. So and you
3: read The Art of War with Sun Tzu and then you make fun of Napoleon's height.
4: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's all enough. very, it's all very lighthearted. <laughs> like you're not going to be touching on the, the darker, um, the darker points of history, but it is educational in a way because it's focused towards kind of that family vibe. Um, there's great art and there's kind of a, a description about that event on the back of the card as well that you can read. It's very similar to parks, um, which is based on the, a bunch of the different national parks around America. And it's got similar mechanics Um, But the other mechanic is that each card has um, a number of hours that takes out of your trip. um, And you've only got 12 hours in each turn of which there are three. So there's a a little spherical board um, that you will take your marker around. um, And once you get to the end of the 12th hour, that's it. If there are any other players that are still playing, they continue on without you um, until everyone's reached their 12th hour. Uh, You're in, rewarded for planning your trip effectively like if you hit the 12th hour bang on using the right amount of hours um you'll get like a a few extra points um and instead of going around the table uh, turn order is dependent on who's in last place on that tracker so you can strategically gather a few lower cards to get a few turns in a row to kind of bolster your your string of cards um the game is fantastic. It's super, super easy to learn. Um, I taught a, a group of people that only really played Monopoly Unos, those kind of family shit games. Um, they, (laughs) they caught on really quickly, not because I'm good at teaching board games, but because the rules are really simple. Um, and the rule book is set out really well to just give you kind of a stream of, how the game runs um i'd recommend it to just about anyone you don't really need a skill level it introduces a lot of core mechanics that other games in the hobby kind of uh elaborate on um but nothing's too heavy or complicated so it's a nice little introduction to being more strategic when you're playing board games ah the
1: old uh, i love this this key phrase systems literacy
4: yes it absolutely is it's a It's not quite like a My First board game. It's not like Trouble or Sorry or something like that. It takes it a step further into kind of the more hobby area. So it's definitely one, if you're in the hobby and you have some friends that you'd like to kind of entice in, this is, yeah, definitely one to go with.
3: Calling it a gateway drug?
4: Pretty much, man. That's very much how it's coming across, isn't it? Like, (laughs) you're going to have to shanghai people into this hobby. Pretty much.
3: Try try a little bit of this.
4: But yeah, honestly, there are there are very few downsides. All the components are fantastic, really high quality. All the comp- um, like the there's no board; it's a big neoprene mat instead, <coughs> which oh. I'm always a big fan of. I,
3: I have been Oculus. feverishly googling it while you explained it. I just all I found is this picture that says what's in the box, and I said that is neat. It's full of colours. It's and fun.
4: gorgeous, and yeah, if you have kids, um, that I I mean it's and why are you listening to us? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it's lightly educational and good fun at the same time. But I've also been playing another game this weekend that if Trekking Through History is like accessible t- to new people to the hobby, this game absolutely is not. This is more of a, a heavy hobbyist game. It's called Mind Management or Mind MGMT. Uh, it's a hidden movement game based on Matt Kint's graphic novel of the same name. Um, it's a two to five player game where one player if for those who aren't aware of what a hidden movement is one player secretly moves around the board while the other players try to find where they are get to their position and capture them um so the the four they're called rogue agents play on the game board so your typical game board it's a big grid um, whereas the recruiter, which is the one person has a little shield and it's got, they've got a miniature version of the same board behind the screen, um, where they can use like a dry erase, uh, marker to mark out the steps that they've taken. Um, and the rogue agents. So the one, the, the four players that are using the big board, uh, have a number of different actions they can take. They can take two steps and they can either ask, capture, uh, shakedown or reveal, So more or less, the board has a bunch of different features. So there's like um, graffiti or umbrellas uh, or big coffee cups that are scattered throughout the board. Um, You can go to those places and ask, have you been past one of these on your travels? And the one player, the recruiter, has to say truthfully yes or no, and then they show them one instance of them passing that on the board. Once they've done that, you can use the reveal action or someone else can use the reveal action to reveal exactly what turn they were there. And that starts giving you kind of a a broad idea as to the route that they've traveled, um, where they're going, what they might be after, and then ultimately where they're going to be. So you can go on that space and capture them. Um, There's heaps and heaps and heaps of little rules that I won't get into here um, because it would take forever. Um, But there are different abilities that both the recruiter and the rogue agents use to kind of spice things up a little bit. Um, And once you've actually finished the game, there are 14 micro expansions um, that add new elements into the game as you play. So the idea is that you'll play the game a few times over with the same people and whichever team loses, they'll be able to open up one of these. They're called Shift Packs. Um, they'll be able to open up a shift pack that will introduce a new mechanic that will give them the edge in the next game. So then likely they will win and then the other side will be able to open one up for themselves. So it kind of drip feeds you these new mechanics via these shift expansions until you've got a shitload of different mechanics to play with and you can kind of Frankenstein your own game together how how you see fit. But the game is, it's dense in like different artworks it's all very messy but it's simple at its core game is fucking fantastic if you haven't played a hidden movement game this is absolutely the one i'd recommend
2: very nice very nice so will we will have reviews on the website at some point
4: yes should do if not by the time you're listening to this it'll be over the weekend
2: very cool very nice anyone uh keen to check out those board games nathan
1: yeah, look, I haven't played one of these cat and mouse sounding games before, so this sounds really neat. I like the fact that you've got someone on their own little board plotting out their own little schematic of travel, and you've got to hunt them down. That sounds like a <laughs> that's that sounds neat. I was it's... having a
3: chuckle. Because I googled it, and actually pulled it up, and it shows like the board and the little, the actual little miniature board that the guy has yeah. with the pen. And I was like, "It's it's adorable.
4: incredibly tense, regardless of which side of the the screen you're on, for different reasons. It's yeah, unlike any other board game experience you can have. They're great.
2: Very nice, very nice. Ash, hello. You and me, do you want to rock this paper for who goes next?
3: Yeah, let's do it. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors.
1: Brother. You well, he's got that tazzy latency.
3: Do I? <laughs> then how did I win? If I'm lagging, how did I win? That makes no <laughs> sense. For the viewers at home, I just dropped scissors to Zach's big, fat, massive paper. But P- Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well,
2: in that case... Talk to us about Diablo 4. Uh,
3: ladies and gentlemen, Diablo 4. Good game. Anyway, thanks for cool. coming to my TED Talk. Uh, what are we going to do with the rest of the podcast? No, look, I've played far too many hours of Diablo 4 where it sort of reached a point where I look back and question my life's decisions, but at the same time, I don't, I don't undervalue what I've done. Uh, I suppose, to put it into really basic layman's terms, uh, people will ask, is it good? And I'll say, tell you what, it's probably taken all of the things that people really liked about Diablo 2 and the things that they wanted to keep from Diablo 3 and they've somehow mushed it together and made something that's far prettier than both has an audio scape that'll absolutely blow your nuts off with just how atmospheric and crazy and cool it is and somehow created an RPG system in the middle of that that actually combines sort of the best hits of both those games and created something that is still whole unique in the sense that it hasn't really been done like this before but it is just as cool and it's good it's really, really good. Uh, full disclosure, there is two sets of embargoes, and by the time people are listening to this one, the first embargo will have lifted, so I can talk about the game and its systems and story to the point, but I can't go into depth about the game's story, which, I'll be honest, is a good thing. Not because it's bad, but because it's something that you kind of need to do it yourself. It's This isn't one of those games where you sit down and... You know, I said before we started the podcast, sit down on one of these YouTube channels, which is like Diablo 4, full movies, cutscenes, watch now. You'll do that and you'll see a bunch of epic moments, but you will not get how hopeless and <laughs> inconsequential you can feel while playing this game. And that's only in the first act. So, you know, that's still under a bugger. Um, for people who really like action RPG games, good news is is that Diablo 4 is absolutely the new stage set for people who want to binge on something moving forward. I I said in my review that people sort of treat Diablo games like an old familiar blanket that you sort of cuddle up to under on a on, on, on like a cold night. You know, Diablo two stayed installed on people's computers for decades. Diablo three, even after its, you know, rocky start, got hurriedly fixed and became a staple, like everyone has a mate who says yo new diablo 3 season you joining me you know question mark and half the time people say yeah yeah I will diablo 4 is going to is going to fill in that space moving forward and for good reason because it's an exceptionally well made game and it it works the thing that annoys me though and this is the sting in the tail of my review is that i asked the question as to why it needed To have those silly post-revenue systems bolted onto it. You think about the purpose of a battle pass. Like apart from trying to be sort of this weird pass the parcel free gift every time you unwrap a layer thing. There is this sinister part to a battle pass that's sort of trying to create this loop. Where you feel like you have to keep playing a game so that you can get the most value out of it. Diablo 4 does not need this. The game is fun enough on its own.
1: Does Diablo 4 have a
3: battle pass? It has a battle pass. Oh, it has an in-game no. store that offers offers cosmetic things to buy. Now, they have been very clear in saying that there is no player power available via any kind of real money transaction, and they are correct. There's nothing that'll make you stronger, there's nothing that'll improve your luck, there is nothing that will, you know, cause you to kill things quicker. It just doesn't exist. But the two main revenue streams that have been bolted onto Diablo 4 feel so masterfully pointless, I do not understand why they're there. Like I was saying before, the Battle Pass sort of exists as a way of encouraging people to keep playing a game, even when they're sort of done for the day. They might go, ah, another 10 minutes, I'll get another tier done. Or, you know, Thursday I'm not going to play Diablo, Oh, but then again, maybe maybe I'll, I'll just do another Battle Pass level or two. The game doesn't need that sinister loop because it is fun to play on its own. And it's friendly to playing multiple characters. And there's plenty of variety. And there's all these systems that you can involve yourself in. You don't need that. And then you have this cosmetic shop that offers basically just cosmetic gear. They're like just literally appearances that you transmogrify over the top of your existing armor. And it comes backed up with a blog post from the developers that says, cleanly and plainly, the paid-for cosmetics in the game are not even the best ones. Like, they've undermined their own system by saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you can buy cosmetic looks, but they're not that good anyway, so who cares? It's like, then why put them in there? So, Diablo 4 is an absolute triumph of a game. It is incredibly fun. It is beautifully presented. It's everything you'd expect from a Blizzard of about 15 years ago, but delivered in the modern age. Yet, for some reason, they decide to undercut themselves by... Betraying their own confidence that the product could stand on it's own two legs. If this was a packaged game that you took off the shelf, bought and took home, and just enjoyed... It would be ideal. Except it's got this weird, sinister, misshapen hand reaching towards your wallet the second you pick it up. And you don't know why. I just don't get it. So, So, yeah.
1: It sounds like the perfect game minus, or at least the perfect Diablo minus the monetization, is that right?
3: It's, it's exceptional. Honestly, the progression is fantastic. Every class has this really great power curve that means that... Uh, like, I, I played two classes, not to 50, because 50 is quite hard. I got one, I got my Necromancer to 50, but that's basically cheating, because the Necromancer is fantastic. And I got my Druid to 42. And that's basically you entering endgame. Like, I entered endgame about 40-ish on both of them. Characters play so differently, and their power curve is so different before you hit endgame that it's, it's fun. The, the necromancer sort of has this power spike that starts off and stays with you the whole time. You sort of just start tweaking things, but you always feel like you're in control. Whereas the druid has peaks and troughs. You have these spikes, and then you sort of hit a new challenge, and then you look at your build and sort of fix it up again. And the way that the game lets you sort of respec and play with yourself, there's there's a quote for you, um, means that you sort of you keep hitting walls but crushing through them, which feels great. So. I jumped onto the Rogue. That thing has a power spike that lasts for like a good 25 levels. Like you just start off feeling unstoppable and you stay that way for so long, but then it starts to peter off. And it means that there's this really meticulous level of mechanical design that's just, oh, it's like crack. It's fun. (laughs) I liked exploring every character. I said in my review that obviously my brain has been rotted from years of exposure to MMOs where there's sort of this weird constant parity between classes because obviously everyone's playing together and oh, God help me, if Jimmy isn't as strong as John, then oh, they'll take to the forums and they'll complain. (laughs) But do you know what happens when you complain about a class in Diablo 4? Do you know what happens when you're a druid main and you say, hey, I just hit level 30 and my effective health isn't really keeping me up anymore? The necromancer players go get good, shithead. (laughs) But then the other druids go ah, that's because you haven't got Thundering Strikes yet. And they go, ah... Like, are you going werebear build or are you werewolf build? Have you thought about doing... And there's just so much depth to what you can do that it stays engaging and fun. And that's what made me fall in love with it. I'm going to really enjoy this game moving forward. This is not a game that I'm going to review and then shelf. It's a game I'm going to keep playing. And like Diablo 2, like Diablo 3, I'm going to play it for years, probably. It's going to become a binge game. It's going to become the weekend, I don't know what I'm going to play. Diablo 4, let's jump into it. But it just has this weird skid mark in the undies that i wish wasn't there because it doesn't need to be and it feels pointless and that's the thing i'm going to have to be an advocate for this game but i have to keep saying those cursed words just ignore the in-game shop or don't engage with it or pretend it's not there it doesn't matter you don't need to engage with it ignore it
4: i have two very quick questions
3: go for it ted talk open floor
4: one, does it have a an in-game marketplace like Diablo Three did? No, it's gonna cause a fucking dumpster fire. Cool,
3: excellent. No, not at all.
4: Second yeah. question: Why isn't the monk in the game? He sorely missed, and I want to play as him.
3: Uh I can't. I'd love to tell you why. Um, uh. they have confirmed that there will be post-release classes, and they have. This is at least pretty good. They've said that the post-release classes are probably gonna be released in a very similar strategy to how the necromancer came to Diablo Three. Just Small cost, yours, possibly with a little miniature campaign for them, that kind of thing. And I'm like, eh, I have no problem with expansion content, that's fine. I, I like stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you're right, where's the monk? Where's the holy warrior archetype? Because there's no crusader, there's no paladin, there's no cleric, there's no holy light person in the game, which is a first. Saying
4: there's a chance, that a that's all I need.
3: Is it a narrative thing?
4: Embargo.
1: Uh, two quick questions firstly <laughs> what was what's the score
3: I have slept on it and I'm dropping an 8.5 on it it's the kind of game that I really wish i could say it's a nine nine out of 10 but just honestly that's the things that don't jive with me are enough to you know wear that down a little bit it's a, it's an 8.5 it's it's a strong recommend from me again with that silly caveat
1: and then quickly on the things that don't drive with you, it's going back to that previous question. So we've only heard that the big con is the monetization. I'm certain there's something else that's bugged you about this game.
3: Something else that's bugged me about it? Well, it's got me so annoyed with it. Um, I will just say this. From an endgame perspective, everyone who's played sort of Diablo 3 and even Diablo Immortal, but we don't talk about that, Rifts, hands up if you've played a Rift and enjoy Rifts. Yes, yep. Hello. Cool. Randomly generated tile sets, random enemies, just, you know, mindless kill the things. They're not in the game. Oh. No, they've been replaced with, um, sort of the there's, there's, a, there's a metric shitload of dungeons in the game, and they're all designed specifically. Like, they're not randomly generated. People have put these together and made them. They are crafted. They are curated. They're very good experiences. And what <coughs> happens is you have a sliding scale of difficulty that changes the dungeon difficulty and adds new mechanics, adds new mobs, stuff like that. It's cool, but... I like mindlessly crushing stuff in a randomly generated tile set, and I'm going to miss it.
2: Cool, cool. Yeah. All right, so we can we can check out your Diablo 4 review now. Yeah, what absolutely is live, and there's another one coming. So maybe.
3: Yeah, video might come on the later okay. date, so I can talk about more story stuff.
2: Sweet. Hmm. Very cool. Any more questions before we move on? Move on, John move on. Is this launching on consoles as well, or is it just on PC? Absolutely.
3: Now? No, the Diablo cool. 4 is launching all in the same time for PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, Xbox 1, and PC, with full cross-platform play and cross-progression between all of them.
2: Which is Did grim. the other ones launch on... Uh Come to consoles?
3: Not simultaneously. Resurrected. But later did. on. Okay, but they did. Okay. Diablo 2 Resurrected did. Diablo 3 eventually made its way to console as a bit of an experiment. So they play all right then, did well, I guess, on oh, a console. Oh, they actually they played play right on, on controller. Oh, okay. Yeah, Diablo 3 on console did really well. Resurrected was built to be on console as well and did really well. And Diablo 4, I played it briefly on PS4, PS5, and it's, it's just seamless. It works beautifully. Like, cool. the games feel like they're made for controller, so...
1: I'm so excited. It's a, bit, it's a bit of wizardry. It's good shit. It is good All shit.
2: All right, very nice. Very Thank shit. you, Ash. Uh, I have been playing Street Fighter Six. Tell you us review, about it, Zach. Where's, it Where's at? my big review, guns. Zach? That's a good <laughs> question, Ash. Um, <laughs> I've
4: been hello. trying to read it, but
3: I can't find it, buddy.
2: <laughs> yeah, look, it's it's on my <laughs> screen here. Uh, it's you can like read his Golem review.
4: That's definitely up.
2: You can read that instead. Aww. Look, I've unfortunately been a little bit uh, busy with other things, so it's kind of slipped uh, from the top of the list but it is almost almost there it's I
3: getting... am sure you can finish it there we go there's the shitty Street Fighter joke we can move on now
2: hmm um so who, yes this game who, who Ash I know you like fighting games who else likes fighting games here
1: Street Fighter is my fighter of choice
3: is it okay. are you
1: any I, as added, someone though? who's shite at the genre it's the one that I feel most comfortable with that's not Smash because I don't really count
4: Smash, Smash is thing. I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I do like fighters, but I'm more of a Tekken and Mortal Kombat man. Street Fighters yeah. always eluded me a bit.
2: Okay. James, where do you
0: sit? I like Smash Brothers. No. And that's valid. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. No, I just, I, I've never that had a chance to... was really... patronizing at all. No, 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 no. It was more of a, like a, a skill issue on my part. I'm just not good at fighting games. Um, I have done a little bit of Drunk Mortal Kombat, and I've had a very good time with it, but I've never yeah. seriously gotten into any of these things.
2: No, I'm glad someone admitted to being not so great at fighting games because oh one I'm of the sure things I, yeah, I'm shit at that them too. I'm only good at Mortal Kombat 11.
3: That's Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> uh,
2: one game that this game does. One thing that this game does very well is it is the uh, the entry barrier is dropped right down. So there's like a new. Um, so there's two cons- there's two control schemes pretty much. So there's a the classic, which if you want to learn all the moves and all the button prompts and whatnot, and go fucking knock yourself off. But um, there's also a modern control scheme where basically you can assign, or you have a certain number of slots available and it's essentially like down your special move, left your special move, and that'll do your things like, you know, like your Hadouken or whatever they're called. Hadoukens, nice. um, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, first thing, you know, (laughs) straight out, out, out of the bat, um, this is a very friendly game for newcomers, um, but also very dense. And if you want to go and master you know, all 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 the different nuances between all the different fighters and their move sets, then you can you can go and do that. This is a bizarre game. This is what's a very the, what's the strange adventure
3: mode like, Zach? Game. Where you walk around so, and fight the streets?
2: Yeah. So there's three modes, right? So there's we've got um, we've got world tour, which is the single player story driven RPG mini open world kind of game thingy, uh, sorry, mode. And then you've got the Battle Hub, which is your online like social space where you can take your character from the world tour. And then there's also the fighting ground and your fighting grounds like your arcade, your verses, your training and your, your basic sort of stuff. When you do the fighting ground, you've got uh, 18 characters to choose from. I think there's a there's a handful of newbies and then you've got all your, all your mainstays that you probably know. Uh, Nathan, you're a... Street Fighter dude, who's your primary?
1: It's gotta be old Ryu, surely.
2: Okay, I'm more of a Ken guy. I
4: like
1: Blanca. He's green.
2: You like Tekken, uh, so go away.
1: I say this because I think bros is the only like control set that I bothered to learn. Right. Yeah. And but fortunately, his fundamentals translate across most of them.
2: I mean, if you play him, you can play Ken pretty much. So. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah, so there's a good there's a good range of characters to play out of the back um, off the bat. Sorry, but um, one of the things, how? Uh, let me get up my review. Sorry. So yeah, and then you've got so your yeah. So let, let's talk about world tour, right? So, sorry, you booted yeah, up. Yeah, let's. And this, you...
1: this sounds like it's out of your comfort zone. I can't <laughs> wait. Let's this talk is...
3: about let's talk about this, and then like four seconds of awkward <laughs> smiles. Dizzy. Oh, it wasn't awkward.
2: No, I enjoyed it too. This is odd. It's, I don't know. I was not expecting this kind of thing from a Street Fighter game and I like it that, that, it, that it's in here. Do I like it? Question mark. It's, it seems like a very, very good, it's very newbie friendly. So I feel like, because essentially what it is, it's like a long tutorial is probably like a very simple way of, of, of like putting it. So you create a character um, if you're lucky it'll look like Freddie Mercury with green hair, which is <laughs> what I did um, And yeah, so you basically you're a student of one of the new characters, Luke and you start and you've you know you want to become a fighter and everyone in this world is a fighter um, And then you kind of master so you yeah so like the idea is that you start off in Luke's gym and you start mastering Luke's skill set and technique and then you go out into the world and you, you fight people just on the street because why the fuck not? Because you know they're standing there doing like minding their own business, and you just push the square button and you have a have a one round fight, and you get XP and level up. It's Yakuza. Um, kind <laughs> of. Um, I've I have heard that. Uh, I've not played it, that's, so I that's can't. That's the person it. that came to mind. But a few people have said that it is, is very similar to to that. Uh, yeah, and then essentially you go around the world and you meet legends of the game. So you meet like Chun li and Blanka and stuff like that and you then mark then you then so the way it works is in your menu you can assign a primary style. So if you want to learn Luke's style or you want to learn Chun lis style or Ken style or whatever it may be, you actually assign them to be your primary uh Fighter, right? And then say, yeah. when you're in a fight, whether it's uh, so in the world, like whether it's just in the world or doing like one of the story missions, you're actually leveling up that skill set. So the more that you use that uh, fighting thing, uh, the more you, the more moves and stuff that you you unlock. And then over time, you basically build this beast of a character, and you can choose like if you want to have moves from Chun Li, if you want to have moves from from Luke, you want to have moves from Blanka, you can actually assign moves to your character so you can actually have moves from all these different fighting styles. It's a bit of a grind. It's in fact, it's a fucking massive grind. Um, and the open world stuff is tedious at times. So you will have to do missions and favors for people in the world. One of the missions I had to do was to, because um, if there's another character within the story that you, you, that you start off at this gym with and he, Steals it's a bag. Is he, it the Gary Opie Right, or... Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Gary. He steals a bag, right? This like Gucci or whatever the fuck it's meant to be, right? He's a world. criminal. Whatever. Anyway, he steals it from from the, from this gang, and you. <laughs> your mission is then you go meet this counterfeiter, you then travel to like Rome, and <laughs> elsewhere across the world to get leather and a little. Uh, like a gold emblem thingy to make this counterfeit bag to give back to the um, to give back so, to the gang. Did
3: you just say you do a fetch quest in Street Fighter? Yes, correct. What? Jesus Christ, it's the that most is, roundabout way too.
2: That is essentially what this game kind of is. So you'll go and do all this random shit. Um, you know, I uh, there was another early, like early mission where I had to go. I had to look at this poster, which was for like a fighting tournament, and then go back to the gang leader. And all the time in your in when you're in this world, every single bad guy wants to fight you. So they will chase after you and if they hit you, it engages a fight. It is oh my God. so you're repetitive and borderline <laughs> fucking frustrating. I was it's driving me insane. Like I'm just trying to I'm just trying to do my mission, bro. I'm just trying to get my counterfeit bag. Like Just trying to play I'm karaoke. Alone. Um <laughs> there is a skill that you can get I think far too like it's it's you, it's not early enough in the game but you can it, the skill basically limits or lessens the amount that lower that low lower level opponents will will attack you in the world you get so until rappel. you kind of have have that the game is can be very frustrating all <laughs> I wanted to do was climb this ladder to go tell old mate about something and every gang member buddy in the world wanted to fight me and it's ugh, annoying. But um, so, yeah, you, you get XP and then you can unlock like moves and stuff, like I said, but you can also unlock different clothing. Uh, you can then go to the shops and buy different clothes. I got myself a nice pair of denim, denim, denim uh, pants. You can go to like food vendors and get food and that, that's how you – so when you're in the world, your um, vitality or your health doesn't – actually regenerate unless you level up. So if you're in a fight like in this world and you got like eight different people that want to fight you, so you you, know, you do one fight and there's three fighters in one fight you beat them and then 10 like 10 seconds later another person comes up and punches you in the back and half your you know your health is gone. You start that fight with half your health.
4: Just um, quickly, Zach, because you mentioned multiple fighters in one fight, is this like a typical like 2D plane fight, or is it more like a weird Tekken 5 mode where it's like a brawler?
2: It's like Street Fighter, like fights, like, like your Mortal Kombat, like it's your like, Street Fighter, like yeah, your Tekken 5. Like fight. on a 2D. But yeah. There's, yeah, but there's multiple opponents. Is it
3: like one at a time and you knock mm. one out and another one jumps in? No. they are. There's multiple on screen at once? Correct. Usually yes.
2: they Usually only one Will attack you. Oh, they do the Arkham one, or, one or, the Arkham one game or two uh. Will attack you. Like there are like there's there's like different levels of enemies. Like some will throw shit at you. Some will only block. For example, and so you got to break their block down. Um, yeah, the open world, like the the story stuff, is It's goofy. Like it's it's extremely goofy. It's lighthearted, but it's whack, man. It is, fucking strange, and it's just. Why? Like, why am I? And then, like, so there's another mission, um, where you have to. This is this is when you meet Blanca and you have to go to Brazil to get Luke a souvenir. <coughs> that's your mission.
4: Hold on! Isn't the whole point of a souvenir to like bring it back from your? No, you know what? I'm not going to get lost in the weeds on that. Never mind.
2: Um. Anyway, so that's so that's that part. It's kind of frustrating, but it, like like I said, it kind of acts as a subtle tutorial. Because essentially you're learning all these, all these different um, move sets and fights, and as you kind of go, they're like introduced over time. So it's kind of neat in that regard. But I don't think it's going to be for everybody who wants to do this sort of stuff. And it goes, for, it's it's like a twenty-hour slog too.
0: Holy did, shit! Did Sorry. you get tricked into playing a JRPG? <laughs> yeah, it sounds it doesn't it.
2: Maybe it's just describing
1: all of yeah I yeah like points play. of a JRPG.
2: Like, I really like Street Fighter games, so, but I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, is, uh, sorry, are fighting games is just arcade mode or, you know, those sorts of basic modes. Is, is, that, is that enough these days to justify? Yes. Like, you know, 90 bucks or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Street Fighter don't normally get that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 I, I, it's just like... Like you... There can be like these old ladies like on the street and you just go up and fight them and just... <laughs> Imagine it's, if this
1: game was set in Australia. It's fucking fucking if The kind of side quests.
2: But the cool thing is, is that oh, there's another thing. I stop. That,
1: that's like so, your end mission boss, mate.
2: Um, so yeah, <laughs> and, then, and there's like things like so moving uh, between like train stations and stuff. So the game is set in Metro City. Does that name ring a bell for anyone? Fuck no. Metro City. Ah, <laughs> oh, generic Hopefully, town. Apparently, it's the, uh, it's the location from Final Fight. So. Um, so there you go. That's right.
4: trivia.
2: Why? Why not? I say. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So and then like when you're on this, so when you're on this train uh, going to like a different fast travel point, I think once you use the train, you then you then unlock the fast travel point. I think. Um, but you got to spend three minutes on this fucking train fighting everybody that just wants to attack you on this train. And. um, it just can be a bit of a drag I've played about 10 hours of it and sounds tedious yeah but like the cool thing is is that you so all the shit that you do with your like your character your avatar and stuff you actually can use that in the battle hub which is like the online um social thing where you can yeah you can go and fight people with your character and stuff so it's kind of cool um can I ask
0: on character creation? So I, I assume there's obviously an aesthetic component to this, but like how do you go about building the core structure of a fighter? Like do you choose combos? Do you
2: choose powers? So like, that's where you, uh, you're... So you're learning about each... Like, like you pick a character to learn about or like a master. Right. Is like, Or legend or I think it might be master. Um, you pick that and then you basically learn their fight style. But then no. there's another section for special moves where you can assign moves you've learnt from all the masters to flesh out your special move set, if that makes sense.
1: Uh, okay, yeah. So it sounds like it boils down to you pick an existing skill set from a fighter and then you get to tack on well, the special moves it. from a repertoire.
2: Yeah, correct. So until you go and do like tutorials or like gym sessions or training sessions with these Characters, you don't have access to certain moves, right? So at the very, very beginning, you're quite limited in what you can do. So you can't even block at the start until you actually unlock the block. Um, but the reason for that is actually, and I kind of want to like wrap it up because I've gone on a bit. But the fighting mechanics of this game are phenomenal, insane. Like they're amazing. They feel good. They look good. Like so, this is made in RE Engine. that's uh, heavily stylized, but still with that kind of a little bit of realism in there, if everyone looked a bit like fucking like bodybuilders. Um, but the cool thing is, there's this system called the drive system, right? And that is um, this—it's this, it's kind, of, kind of what um, Street Fighters, Street Fighters, like fighting mechanics, are, is like based around. Which is why you don't have a block at the start of your World Tour journey, right? So then you go and learn this stuff and it's essentially a system that's got, you got five bars. Like So when you start a, a fight, you've got five bars, um, you can either use it to block or to attack. Blocking will consume a bar and then if you've consumed bars and stuff, attacking will then refill it. Obviously there are certain attacks that you can do that will use and consume um, your bar as well, but they deliver things like powerful attacks, they make special moves uh, more impactful um you can parry and do like reversals and stuff so there's a whole bunch of like other it's 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 a very cool inclusion and it looks it looks very very colorful so there's heaps of color and stuff like when you actually pull off these moves and that and it's yeah i mean like the fighting is is excellent uh very very quickly before i finish we have spoken about that and we've spoken about that so there's probably not much else for me to talk about question do we have a school oh yeah do we have a school? Uh, I'm um, probably an 8.5.
3: Yeah. I do have a question. Mr. I don't think, well,
2: just just before your second question, before I okay. just go on the score, I don't think World Tour is for me. So I'm not going to cut it down too much for that. I do think some aspects of it are super repetitive and borderline tedious, but it's goofy. It's, you know, it's not, you don't take this seriously kind of thing. I think the way it masks it itself as like a training mode is, is pretty cool. Um, I think newcomers, if you want to learn like about a certain character and stuff, and just you know build your own character, I think it does a pretty good job. Um, but there are components of it that just are frustrating, not for my style. But in just a to touch on the stories, very very quickly, if you do play arcade mode, there is a very very short story of each character that you pick. So you do get like this little short cinematic sort of nice tale about each character. So. Um, but in, and I sent it through in, I don't know what, like I, I picked to play five rounds, right? So just a five round story. The third round is just you beating up a truck. <laughs> <laughs> Poor nice. Optimus. You have a, like a timer. and you got to basically smash this truck to pieces. Wait,
4: they've been doing that for years, haven't they? Isn't that like yeah, a Street Fighter so 2 fucking,
2: thing? But it was, it's so bizarre. It we a car that yeah, a long time would, ago. But it's so it like, you know, that you're playing this, five rounds yeah it's hit. weird to be in the middle of that <laughs> <story. yeah. laughs> and you've only got four fights really anyway question ash sorry
0: um
3: just it was only a quick one you said mentioning before that sort of when you customize your your move set you're sort of able to equip what special attacks from other fighters and mix and match them and stuff does that mean like are you mm. saying that you can like chuck out a hadouken and then like a yoga fire and then like cannon spike from Kami all in the one moveset
2: correct so if you go and, if you learn all their skills, your character. So, so currently I've got like the, um, I can't remember what it's called, but the ball, like the flipping ball from, from Blanca. I've got this uppercut from Luke and I got the spinning kick from chun Lee. So I can just basically execute those at any kick. point.
3: Cool. And so and you yeah. can take that online.
2: Yes, so well, so there's two online kind of sort of things. There's you know there's the uh, uh, yeah stock standard, um, you know the general one where you would play as like your cans and your whatnot, and then there's this battle hub thing where you can actually take your own character. Fair enough. Into it, Excellent.
3: I was just wondering if there was a possibility that people are going to like come up with the most broken build they can and then just spam so, that online. Sounds like it would be relegated to its own mode though. Yeah, well, there is like, like pure chaos there mode.
2: are things that they do. Um, so there's actually another simplified control scheme, which is called, I think it's called Dynamic, which is even more simpler than than the modern one. And I think that is disabled for online play from memory because it's, like it's far too easy. Um,
1: just to assigns combos to the bumpers and shit like that. Yeah.
2: So it's just, yeah. But the way, yeah, having this modern control scheme, is just, it's very inviting for new players that, you know, you, you don't feel like you're just being used as a punching bag when you go online and, get your ass kicked by people who've been playing for 15 years
1: anyway it's first first time I've been interested in Street Fighter in a while
2: um, good game very very good good uh, good good fighting game review will be up very very soon I promise I promise you Ash alright Nathan uh, go to last one bring it home Etrian
1: Etrian Etrian almost got it so Atlas has gone digging through their backlog And they've made the strange call to bring out the Etrian Odyssey trilogy back from the mid-2000s that was from the Nintendo DS. This is a very old-school styled first-person dungeon crawler with effectively grid movement. What this means is this is kind of going back to your Ultimas, the really, really early 90s. Uh, dungeon crawlers where you're going to be effectively moving in cardinal directions on a grid, kind of the same nomenclature that I was mentioning with system shock because they've got a bit of a similar origin here design wise so effectively you'll be you'll, you're going to start this game by building up a party of characters you don't really know what they do or who they are you're going to build them up along the way uh, from various different classes that you fulfill your pretty typical archetypes, your hunters, your farmers, farmers is an interesting one um, gladiators, archers, so on and so forth. And then you're going to basically explore a labyrinth, an Uncharted labyrinth. So similar to System Shock's station, we have uh, in the first game, I think, the Tree of seal or something like that, and you've effectively got to chart it. And charting this was really cool on the Nintendo DS because you had the touch screen. So as you're exploring these labyrinths, these dungeons, and you're moving square by square in the first person, you're also drawing out the map with your stylus and that was essential because these games come jam-packed with traps and puzzles and quests and a lot of these sort of hidden elements to the dungeon that the game isn't really interested in pointing out to you it's expecting you to learn and then record so very much again like those early 90s games there's a lot of sort of bookkeeping necessary you're going to be scribbling a lot on screen that means that this is an awkward trilogy to bring to the Nintendo Switch because i don't know anyone that's really utilizing the touch screens on these too much because it's kind of awkward to hold with one hand and scribble on with the other if you're playing on the go which is how this game's intended to play so they've effectively crammed what was two screens you know one screen with your dungeon exploration the first person one screen with your map for cartography and mashed them together and they've really just they've literally just put a Put a split down the, the center of the screen. Just a vertical split. And they've whacked one screen on the right half. One screen on the left half. So you've got you're juggling two screens on your Nintendo Switch. And look it's not elegant. But it's good enough. So with the press of a button you can get a sort of like a full screen view of your first person dungeon. But you have to realize these are these are mid 2000s games. These aren't very visually you know, busy. There's not a whole lot going on. When you go through the dungeon, you'll find random encounters. Enemies will pop out and attack you. Uh, this is to give you an idea of what this is like. If you've played any of the um, the Persona Q games, uh, these random encounters have just they'll just chuck a bunch of enemies at you, and you won't know effectively how to fight them. The game doesn't tell you anything. You'll just have a basic attack for probably the first you know few hours of the game, and you're just expected to either attack and try and win this battle or run away because when death happens this game's pretty unforgiving it's going to throw you all the way back to town and it's a very slow and arduous game Uh, without rambling too much there the thing i like most about these games at least in their switch implementation is they've redone some of the visuals particularly with the monsters so the enemies are effectively just one frame of art It's nothing exciting, there's not really any animation there, but they have redrawn all of the monsters, and the monsters between each of these games are unique. So there's actually an extraordinary amount of variety here, in terms of not just the players and the classes, but the enemies and the items. But very, very limited animation, but cool crisp redrawing for the HD visuals. The environments still look like they did on the DS, so there's really no detail to them. You'll go to a one wall where apparently there's a quest that you hand in and there's a whole thing that happens there, but it's just a fucking wall. Uh, and then you'll go to the other end of the map and you'll interact with another wall that looks exactly the same, but apparently there's a whole portal happening and a whole village of people there. So there's a lot left to the imagination with these games. But what they do really well why you might like this game is if you are very much someone that likes a role-playing game with a lot of thinking and a lot of you know getting granular in the numbers it's not a big numbers game you know the difference between plus three attack and plus six attack is going to feel like a whole world of progress but it's a very slow very meticulous game that requires you to pay a lot of attention have a lot of consideration for how you build out your five-person party where you position them, what gear is on them. Every step of the way is extremely important, and this game is unforgiving if you don't appreciate that. For those that are willing to sink their teeth into something that sounds so plain and dry, are uh, going to have a tremendous time. I actually found that I loved these games, but spoiler alert, I've actually spent a fair bit of time with this series in the past. So, and Odyssey, it's really cool that it's on the Switch. If you've never played these games before, I'd only say do so if you are interested in that hardcore step by step inching towards the next level style of dungeon crawler from 30 years ago it's got very little sort of modern quality of life it knows what it is and it's just trying to refine those fundamentals from years behind and it does it very well you won't like the lack of animation you probably won't like the fact that there's no tutorializing here the worst part about this game is it came with an Big, fat instruction manuals back in the day. There is none of that. There is no physical instruction manual, and the game forgot to implement any kind of reference to that. So it's going to be extremely hard to learn, and uh, they are very mean games, but I've had an absolute joy with them. I've only put about 10 hours into each of the three games because each of these three games is easily over 50 hours. The last one I played took me 100 hours, so I just don't have that kind of time. The score... Which is heavily caveated for me is going to be a seven point five. Like System Shock, this is for a very specific person. But this was a game I genuinely enjoyed, while trying a lot of my patience.
2: Cool, very nice. All right, let's quickly go to Jorts. Let's give me one or two games that you're keen for in June. Uh, I don't. We don't need anything more than titles at this point. James, you've been very, very quiet. Tell us what hmm. you're looking for. <clears throat>
0: uh Diablo 4, Amnesia the Bunker, Loop 8, Summer of Gods, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie, The Greyhill Incident, Door Dog No. Mm. Uh, Final Fantasy 16, and Story <laughs> of Seasons of Wonderful Life.
2: Is that
3: every game coming okay, out in June? So
2: give us give us eight games that <laughs> you're, you're looking for. Fair. Um Adam, what are you game for?
4: AW fight forever, Zach. That's the only game I'm keen for in
2: June. Mm. Ash, uh, I'm going to be getting back
3: on the Diablo Four train. Let's be honest. I've got more. I've got more characters to level up now.
2: Nice, cool. May I
3: <laughs>
2: ask, Nathan?
1: I'll keep it three. I want to talk about so much more, but I'll give you Final Fantasy 16, the
2: blockbuster from
1: June. Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection. I'm going to keep playing these games. I fucking have a great time with them. And we love Katamari. Royal Rivery. Whoa! I didn't, there any, there's a new Katamari can, coming out what?
4: on the 1st of June. I didn't realise that was coming out on PS5. I'll absolutely be getting around that.
2: Baby, yeah, I'd like to change my
4: answer I can't too. wait. Oh
2: my no, God, you can't. I Sorry, time no. time moves forward, not backwards. I am picking <laughs> Park Beyond and Layers of Fears. Give, give us a third.
4: Break your own rule. Give us
1: a third. I can't believe that he um, wanted to settle on layers of fear. Talk about scrape at the bottom we'll of the barrel, just, mate. No, We've got just, a rich month.
2: I'm just keen to see how it how it lands. How it uh, flops. In my defense,
0: mm. I kind of zoned out a bit when Zach was talking. All I heard was titles Amazing. on me. I was like, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> just smash them out. <laughs> so uh, here we are. I apologize. Zach's devastated. can't believe this. No, no. Look at, look at those dead eyes.
2: Hmm. <laughs> All right. I can't give you a third because, don't know.
4: Um, F123. Right. F- I'll take it.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, look, that's a fair one. Got a that breaking point looks cool. Uh, I'm gonna go cross out Polar Lights. That game looks interesting from the, from the artwork. No idea what it's about. You play it and tell me. Um, <laughs> let's quickly talk about <laughs> the PlayStation Showcase. Obviously, we're more than a week late, so let's not spend too much time. We won't go through all the announcements, but what did everyone think of it? I know, I know I'm in the minority here. I don't I know that you, you are in the minority. To grow
4: up. It was well, a Nathan no, show I, I for mean, sure.
2: I mean, in As far group.
4: as in, in this group, absolutely. But I think yeah, a lot in of people this share your sentiment. Pack.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was fucking bum, mate. Mate, it was a
1: Nathan show. I loved it. It was fantastic. It, I really loved it. Banger oh, after banger.
2: Yeah, if you like fucking games as a service, mate. No, shout outs uh, <laughs> Love that. No, how good. Haven't had a showcase in two years, but here's all the fucking... Third-party games come to every other platform. Enjoy. Yum, 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 yum.
4: I like how you say that, like, PlayStation hasn't done state of plays and, like, a whole bunch of other shit but in I mean between. Like, I mean it's like not like they've proper, been like fucking a, silent. Like for. Don't you talk over me, you motherfucker. I will talk it's over It's not <laughs> like they've been you know exactly absolutely I mean. silent the entire fucking time.
2: You know exactly what I mean.
4: Eat a dick. I didn't you eat? I'm
0: sorry. Okay. I meant it. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> um... Anyway, so James, t- tell me why you liked it, please. Um, I thought
0: it was just like a really solid array of titles. You know, I, I, I get that everybody goes into these things always wanting like blockbuster to blockbuster to blockbuster. But like that's just not the reality of a healthy game environment. And I think that what we saw here, while the fact that like, yeah, they're third party titles. Who really gives a fuck? Like I'm going to play them on my PlayStation. PlayStation showed me a bunch of cool games I'm going to play on my PlayStation. What's the problem? Um, and, like, it's a solid variety in there as well, from indies to AAA, from action to fucking narrative. Like, it to me, there was something in there for most players. And I understand that everyone sort of spent, like, the week leading up to this building themselves up to be like, oh, let's fucking go. We're going to get fucking Killzone 75, like, whatever. Like... <laughs> Grow up, like, like, like engage up with the industry it. as it is. Don't imagine uh, a version of it and then get Sony's disappointed. When you don't get that suggest version. Yes,
3: that this would be an earth-shattering thing because like there's people I, out there trying to make it out as if like Sony said like this showcase will shift your balls into it's, overdrive. Exactly.
4: It's not Sony that does it though. Like if you if you were to go off say kind of funny's predictions, mm-hmm. you would yeah. think they're going to give you the fucking cure to cancer as well as all of Sony's <laughs> new Only on PS5 titles. Like the hype that outlets gave, this was fucking outrageous. It was never gonna live up to people's expectations. But I agree with James. I think there was a really great little, yeah. There's something for everyone, and there were multiple things in there for me. I get that, Zach. You bounced Mm -hmm. off it, but I thought there was a great showing. We didn't miss for me. Party
2: stuff that that doesn't bother me because whatever. Uh, it's more that the, the actual Sony showing itself, what well, I thought was very, like, luster. Um, open with fair game, which looks fucking...
0: Yeah, that was the only choice that I was like, why, why very is this here?
2: The new Bungie thing, again, another games as a service. Marathon. N- not my Bungie's thing. Bungie's never going to do anything um, other than games as a project, service. Never. Project Q looks fucking ridiculous. Metal Gear um, Solid oh. Triangle. <laughs> And so I don't know, like what just like what what is everybody else doing? We can't I mean, I know that they talked about having this was it like they want to release ten games as a service by twenty twenty six or whatever it was like that, mm. so but surely there's more, though like they gotta have more. I mean, yes, we got Spider Man, but
0: mm. I just love how quickly we oscillate sort of as a collective uh media cycle between let developers work on what they work on. They'll mm-hmm. announce it when they're ready. And oh my God, why didn't they show me what they're working on before it was ready so I could pick it apart. Like it's just, it's an ugly shitty cycle. Um, and say, the, the reaction to this, I, I thought was very indicative of that.
2: Well, my, you know, the, uh, you, cause you, you never replied to me about that article, which is the one I've sent you. Cause that's kind of how I felt. So this, it felt like some of the PlayStation stuff that they showed off is just chasing dead trends a little bit. Um, mm. So, like I thought, like there's well, the article... PlayStation
0: specific stuff.
2: Correct. Like, like Spider Man. No, not Spider Man. Like, I'm talking about like the new stuff. New stuff
0: from from PlayStation Studios, or correct. What was so the you're,
4: you're, you're you're talking fair Spider-Man. games. That's well, what you're losing, to, Yeah. and, oh, the, right. yeah, and yeah. the
2: Bungie thing, right? So like like that. Like well, that, the Bungie the games, thing is multi-platform. Yeah, I know, but still from PlayStation. So you know, I get what
1: from, you mean. PVP extraction shooter, mm. a but trend that's eh. probably going.
2: Well, there's a there's an mm. article I sent to you, James, about fair games, and it just it said it just looks like a Ubisoft game. Oh I yeah, mean, I it thought that, that it looked, yeah. looked yeah, like shit, and also it's a fucking really CGI Tony trailer. Well. Yeah, I know, but the, yeah, but, mm. okay. But you you, you you read this article and, and you tell me that you still- oh
0: No, like I agree. Like I think that I don't like the look of that game, but like that's one game out of, I think there's like six or seven that I'm personally very excited for. And so I consider that- But again, a I'm only solid...
2: criticizing the, the PlayStation stuff
0: oh yeah and uh, look from that point I, I definitely understand like if you're disappointed that you don't have a clearer understanding of what the first party output of playstation is going to be moving forward i completely respect that um but what about playstation's first party output would indicate to you that they're not working on things that you're probably going to like already
2: just to see something because like I, I, again it's, it's been two years since they had a proper showcase not these little state of mm. plays that that say hey we're going to show off 20 minutes of final fantasy here we're going to show off 20 minutes of this you know this is Mm. Where we get all these big announcements, and I feel like there Open wasn't... Open
3: query to all the brains here. What what, what portions of radio silence in Sony's wheelhouse that we feel is, you know, representing something big that we don't know about? Like, is Santa Monica working on something that we're not aware of? Because
2: Well, they'd have to be. The mm. car will be sitting around with their fucking... But they're also up. not
4: going to announce well, anything this close. You know, are God we, we talking are about...
3: like? But you've got there a, are... You got There's that Naughty Dog property that we don't know about that they've said mm-hmm. exists. So you got Ben's sci-fi
2: You've thing. You've got Wolverine. I mean, I know that Wolverine mm-hmm. is probably still There's, quite a while away. Well, You've got Ghost of Tsushima two, yeah, 2 maybe, um, or whatever they're working on. Um, mm-hmm. Well, has everyone seen the Naughty tweets? Dog? Has be, I mean, we haven't seen a game from Naughty Dog since the last part two. Oh, I also know what Bluepoint is Daxter Daxter doing HD, my now. Man. Has anyone ooh,
3: has seen ooh, the tweets coming out recently that we might see another PlayStation showcase before the end of the year? Anyway,
0: yeah, I could see it. I'd mm. say so. There's, there's, well, there's also, Summer Games Fest is Blue right Points, around the Metal corner. Um, the the, the yeah. Game Awards are also coming eventually. Like, there's, yep. you know.
3: Yes, that young boy, who's put his hand up.
4: Because I'm worried that we're getting lost in PlayStation yeah. shit. No, they're not. Can we talk about the games, please? Because no. there yes. are some um, games that I think are actually worth talking about.
2: The only, just to quickly wrap up what I'm saying, the only thing, like, we do rag on Xbox a lot for Mm-hmm. They're misses, and I feel like it's only fair that um, I,
4: I completely agree. I just don't see this as a miss. personally a miss. I was,
2: I was, a, I was disappointed by it personally. Mm. How do we all feel awesome. about
0: Xbox's little shitty tweet? <laughs> the we've got I... the games
2: too, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's
4: yeah. what Adam really said. Really that's what it, it came
3: across to me like. Cool showcase, Sony. Uh, we've got them too. We had I that tweet
0: lined up for days. <laughs> I just, there's a part of me that, and this is why Xbox, I, I, I find them very hard to like sometimes because, you know, Phil Spencer and the brand is out there being like, we love, you know, bringing games to everybody. You should be able to play wherever you want. We're not about exclusivity. We're not about, you know, locking down the market. And then also turning around and being like, well done, Sony you're not having exclusives. Like, piss off. Like, genuinely, I, I cannot stand that whole marketing message. It's just,
4: yeah. Agreed. I think I mean in Zach's Devil Advocate world it definitely does speak to maybe the lack of first party titles that were there being that it mm-hmm. like you look at that tweet and it was the lion's share of the showcase will be on multiple yeah. platforms um but yeah I agree the message was a little bit gross
0: mm. you know it's not going to be on Xbox though fucking sort of the sea oh that's my lord that's good shit <laughs> I, All right, so
2: tell me, tell me quickly what you liked.
0: Go well, for it, James. Get maybe. in there. Tell,
2: tell oh, the okay. people. Oh,
0: okay. Um, just yeah, like just to run off a few titles. Uh, Phantom Blade Zero is the uh, the Chinese action game that looks fucking phenomenal. Sword of the Sea. Uh, where else am I going down my list? Yeah, obviously Metal Gear Solid Three is something that I'm definitely curious about, and then Two looks fantastic. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 continues to look really good. I will check out whatever Bungie's working on because that art style in that trailer was like yeah. exceptional as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there's that indie Never from the uh, the Gris, or oh, Grease. I, I forget Gris. how to pronounce that. Grease mm, Every yes. time. Uh, from that team there. I made a little tweet about what I was excited about with some luggage. Um, obviously Sword of the Sea as well. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that there was a good Array of stuff in there, and like different experiences that I can look forward to playing on my PlayStation for the next year, you know, or two years. For sure.
3: Do you know? Do you know what I enjoyed about it, and had nothing? Well, it it was about the games, but it wasn't me getting excited for the games. It was watching people come to realize that Metal Gear Solid Delta, Snake Eater, Metal Gear Solid (laughs) Three remake, remaster, Triangle. (laughs) It was people remembering how Konami treated uh, Kojima, and suddenly going, "Wait a minute." Mm-hmm. He's going to have nothing to do with this project. Are we allowed to be happy about this? Hmm. I
4: think it's um, it's worth yeah. listening to good friend Ralph of the, the Well Played podcast. He does a podcast with a few other very illustrious people in our industry called the Fuck Friends Per Second podcast.
3: The Fuck um, Friends Per Second podcast?
4: No, the fuck was added. Um, okay. But they <laughs> they recently interviewed Jeff Keighley and they talk pretty in depth about the metal gear solid remake and it's it's worth having a listen to because he's like obviously very you know chummy with kojima and he mm-hmm. gives some no. some pretty cool insights into it so little plug for for old bait ralph i will definitely worth a listen. check
0: that out mm.
3: jeff keely absolutely sends hideo kojima a christmas card every year
0: oh, oh yeah it. for sure did you see Kojima tweeted out his lunch like as that trailer went live basically <laughs> there with a little can of Sprite and his spaghetti? I love that, man. <laughs> Bless yeah, him.
3: Now, that's what got me. Uh, Zach, mate, was there anything...
0: You, that, oh, sorry.
3: I was going to say old mate Nathan ran away, but he did want to say, and it's worth pointing out because nobody else brought it up. Nathan said it was mad seeing Dragon's Dogma 2, even though it looks exactly like the first game. I thought
0: which... they were
4: showing footage from the first game. <laughs>
0: so no, did I. I mean, okay, it's the same art direction, but that thing is running in RE Engine, which, by the way, yeah. RE Engine having a phenomenal run here, right? Like, yeah. the Fuck thing off. about Dragon's Dogma 2 that got me super fucking excited is how dark the night looks now. Like, that game is, is very much about, like, the interplay between light and dark, and so giving it that kind of, like, really fucking spooky, good dark engine lighting, let oh, yeah, let's go, fantastic.
4: Um, crushing it.
0: My my big takeaway was the second
4: game they talked about, which is Helldivers 2, because oh. uh, a good friend of mine and I played the original Helldivers and had an incredibly good time, and we joked the the night before this went live that, hey, it'd be really cool if they did Helldivers 2, and here it appears, but not as a, an Mate. isometric game, but as a third-person shooter, you which is... You
3: fucking manifested that shit. Good job.
4: All kinds of weird, but I'm very here for it because it's got kind of Starship Troopers vibes. Very, very mm. Starship mm. Troopers vibes. Do you want to hear my
3: Helldivers story? That's very, very quick. Get around it. A friend of mine, is it quick? Steam popped up and said, such and such is now playing Helldivers. I messaged him and said, hey, man, is that game any good? Two seconds later, such and such has sent you a gift on Steam, Helldivers. <laughs> and then he, he just said, in, in his like gift text, he just said, yes, it is. <laughs> amazing very
4: good um also very quickly Ultros which I know that Zach this is the one game that you did like the look of um fuck me (laughs) it looks incredibly cool and it probably looks really cool because it's the same artist that did a lot of the art for Hotline Miami who is an absolute Mm. fucking beast um so yeah very keen to see a little bit more about that as well little side-scrolling action platformer
0: I accidentally looked away during one of these trailers as well, and I'm trying to find the name of it right now because I want to know if anyone else thought this thing looked as impressive as I did. But it was the kind of like the Breath of the Wild meets building sim. Tower of Fantasy? uh, Yeah, something like that. I think that thing looks very ambitious. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to pan out, but there's some very good things going on in that trailer. You should check it out. Yeah. Um,
2: The other game I quite like, I'm trying to find it, I think this is it. Uh, Revenant Is it Hill? Immortals of
0: Avium?
4: Oh. Uh, yeah, that did look very appealing. I don't know if it'll be my, my bag, because I feel like it's got kind of like farming aspects to it, but it looked very cool.
3: What have you got against farming?
4: It's just not my bag. It just doesn't, doesn't tickle my pickle. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Um. All right. Cool. Let's end it there. Unless Nathan, what is? Or oh, you? Already, you already said Dragon's Dogma.
3: I said it only be hard. Yeah, did we touch on already, Dragon's Dogma? Yeah, yeah. I literally read out your message to make sure people didn't miss it. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. I've okay. said my part.
2: All right. Before James takes over and whips through the news, let's quickly talk because I don't think it's actually in the news thing, and it's related to this. Um. Showcase the Naughty Dog, Last of Us Multiplayer. Yeah. I can't oh, even yeah. find the fucking link for the doco. It's being
3: reevaluated, uh, isn't it? I think that, yeah, was the, I had, um, that was the cunning marketing word used to say we're not cancelling it outright.
2: Yeah, <sighs> I, can't find the, um, you know, I can't find it. But basically, uh, yeah. So that game wasn't there. A lot of people, me included, were hoping that it would be there. Uh, I mean, they said last year that they, that they would start showing it off this year. Um, and, yeah, it appears that maybe it's not, it may not see the light of day, maybe. Um, oh, Jason Schreier, I think he, I've actually read his link because it's paywalled, but uh, that there's some concerns over just how engaging it is, I, I think is just to paraphrase. Um, I think Bungie came on and had a look at it and kind of thought that it wasn't as, yeah, that the player engagement or something wasn't you know long term. I'm trying to find the article I, re, I read on it. Um,
4: Forgive my ignorance but, because I never played. Was it the get the mode was factions? Yeah, correct. Yep. Now is this a multiplayer game that people are excited for because it lives within? the last of us world or is it because factions had like an actually engaging hook as a multiplayer game?
1: So, I'd so if both. I can,
4: yeah. if I can butt in on this one,
1: the cool thing about factions is it's kind of, forgive me for those who are listening and this might be a little bit uh, of a faux pas. It, to me, it felt very much like a proto Tarkov. Mm. If that makes sense.
4: Hey, okay. all right, I think I. It had
1: some really cool ideas. It wasn't just a straightforward deathmatch thing. There was a whole campaign built around it. Um, yeah, not right. like a story-driven campaign, but there was like this persistent thing where if you're one of the factions, your victories are leading towards you dominating so much of an area. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. And when you're in the the actual game itself, you're, like, finding resources and trying to make sure that your allies don't die. Or if they do, you're trying to res them and try and get out with your stuff intact. Yeah, right. It seems like a really early blueprint for what they picked up with the PvP extraction shooters and stuff like that. So it was very unique for Naughty Dog to put that into The Last of Us.
4: Very popular. Yeah, I, I always heard this because, I, I mean, I played a decent amount of the Uncharted multiplayer, but that was very much just like... this. That's like
2: Deathmatch yeah, and stuff. Yeah, which I mean... is so different. Yeah, cool.
4: Okay, that, that clears things up a bit.
2: But the other thing is that, like, so this was initially going to be shipping with Part 2, right? And then yeah. it split off into its own thing and they've made it massive and they've said it's got, like, its own story in it and new characters in a new area of the world. But, you know, really we know fuck all about what it actually is and we may never know um it does feel like it's kind of been given that you know like the that little message before they do <laughs> eventually cancel it you know because put the bullet yeah well so yeah they basically pulled most of the team off that and moved them to other projects and they're reevaluating project for now. I didn't realize
4: it was that severe. It feels like because they shared the concept art for it not that long ago, I feel like I'm gonna be seeing that in fifteen years attached to articles that are like, who remembers this game that we never got to play? That never (laughs) happened, yeah. Yeah like it's the sorry Zach, but it's the time splitters for concept art that you see pop up every once in a while.
2: I remember time splitters. That game's coming man. Yeah.
4: I mean, it, it it is just not in its original guise, but you know what I mean. Like no. it, you, the, yeah. that concept oh, so art yes, pops up like yes. every you once in you a do while.
3: You and exactly. Starcraft, ghosts.
4: And it just kind of has yeah. that feel to it. I mean, I know it's very early to be throwing that at it, but it it yeah gives me those kind of vibes.
2: The only um, the only good thing I think about this not that there's, I don't think there's a good thing, but I feel like this game wouldn't get released unless it's going to be a fucking banger. You know what I mean? Like. Mm. If yeah. Naughty Dog didn't hit it out of the park,
4: I think they're more likely like, to cancel it than to release something that's half baked.
2: Yeah, well, especially after the part one PC thing. Anyway, yeah. so it looks <laughs> like Buddy will uh, be on oh, me a blue heaven coming over. Now, now, don't coming right big, don't put the it before it cancel the boss, out. Mate.
1: If like, does it does it cancel out if the day before turns up in dust? <laughs>
2: <laughs> if it if it does, for sure.
1: Or yeah. do just buy each other one and it good mates. That's actually the real that's reason
3: why they're canceling it. They saw the day before and went, "Ah, there's no point. We <laughs> can't, can't sack up. Hand it in. Yep.
2: Yeah. All right, James, take on the news, baby.
0: Mm. Yes. Mm. Uh, so Fortnite leakers have seemingly confirmed that Optimus Prime will be coming to the Epic Game game <laughs> of all time. Um, He has shown up in a loading screen splash page uh, which seems to be confirmed by a few different leakers. Um, This obviously coincides with Transformers Rise of the Beast coming to theatres in a couple of weeks time. June 22nd. Um, yes i'm very excited we're still not sure if there's going to be other transformers showing up i i would fucking love a full cosmetic pack i want to play as cheetah in that game you know get my little cat twink up in that shit um
1: (laughs) yeah look that's a day i love
0: that you can see you can see a twinkle in ash's eye because he was like holy shit
4: that's not one of the four generic transformers (laughs) that people usually say
3: absolutely i was like hey Hey. where's starscream (laughs) yeah
0: yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm excited. I like, Ash, I think you, you hit on this in your news piece as well. But like, I'm curious to see if he's going to transform, like, how is this all going to work out in the actual game? So we will, we will have to see. Speaking of games that Ash is, oh, I guess Ash is excited about Mortal Kombat 1. Um, we seem to be getting <laughs> our first look at gameplay during the Summer Games Fest, which is happening, what, like next week? Thursday, June 8th. Um, so we're going to be seeing some Ed Boon-led Jeff Keighley Mortal Kombat 1 gameplay. Uh, can't wait. Not much else to really say at this not point. To, as anyone else has anything to jump in?
4: Yeah, not to plug Ralph's other podcast more than I already have, but during their <laughs> their little interview with Keighley, he did say that it was going to be mm. like an extensive look at the game. It's not just going to be like a Ooh. quick little dine and dash. Okay gameplay trailer it's going to be like a proper like showcase for the game so that's
3: that's a word that has me excited extensive yes yeah boy
0: very good speaking of extensive reach nintendo has once again (laughs) flexed its big boy muscles and decided to block the launch of the dolphin emulation software which was set to release on steam um dolphin emulation is the gamecube
1: wii emulation gamecube switch basically all uh, just as yeah. all amazing nintendo. program
0: right and it, it lives in that sort of gray area of like technically emulation is legal but then you also get into some stuff with uh licensing keys and stuff like that and that seems to be the grounds on which they are blocking the launch of this software um and yeah i mean it is indefinitely postponed according to the uh developers on twitter so not looking great bit of a bummer entirely expected though nintendo doesn't let this shit fly in any realm so i don't know why they would on a major digital marketplace Oh, great. great. <laughs> um yeah, the big one. <laughs> the, the big one. Now I'm absolutely gonna butcher the pronunciation of this, but like a dragon developer's Ryu got Gagakoru. Gotoku. Gotoku. Got yeah, sure, close Gotoku. enough. Um yeah, he, he got it, didn't he? <laughs> have announced that they will be hosting their own little E3-esque uh, sort of presentation about their upcoming games at the RGG Summit Summer 2023, June 16th, 1 p.m. AEST, 12.30, if you're in my little shit state. Um, what are we excited to see here?
1: Uh, like a Dragon Gaiden. Give us back some, some uh, what's his name? Uh, K- Kiryu, because we haven't seen him in a minute. Yep. And the sequel to Like a Dragon with... Uh, Old mate, Afro, whose name I'm now forgetting, which is kind of sad.
4: No, oh, I'm fucking oh, love oh, this Afro.
3: man. I love that you can like look at everyone else on the podcast, desperately searching for someone who's going to tell and you the name like, nah, that you don't remember, you. and we're like, they're gone. <laughs> Majima,
4: I know that's a character in Ichiban. Yeah, that's
3: the one.
1: No, I'll, I'll eat this shit up. Love it, love it, love it
0: excellent speaking of shit that i'm gonna be eating up knights of the old republic remake is apparently still happening uh this has emerged from the uh what is that fucking embracer group uh they did like a financial earnings report and they have said that despite no comment uh development is still happening fuck knows what's going on with that game though who's
2: developing (laughs) it again
3: it was originally being done by Aspire, which is a te- yeah. uh, Texas group, and then it got shunted <laughs> over to Saber, but obviously Saber's quite busy at the moment. I so, prefer it to be in Saber's
4: hands, because I know that Aspire, or however you pronounce it, they, they're they great at porting, yeah. but not so much mm-hmm. in the way great. of developing. I think well, they do a pretty admirable job in most of their ports. After a
1: year's worth of patches, maybe.
2: Saber right, do a
4: That's a That's Ooh, an interesting point.
3: Sure. Wow, what a deep <laughs> cut. <laughs> Uh,
2: thanks Zach thanks, thanks finally, for crushing they my, my uh, fucking dreams they, they did <laughs> so suck <soccer>, it along with <laughs> Big D's productions thanks Zach
0: um <laughs> so, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty will be present at the Summer Games Fest Play Days I think this means that people are going to have a chance to play it is this
3: yeah
4: correct? so
3: yeah, did a bit of digging for what Play Days meant. I can only assume it means yeah. it's a day where you get to play.
4: Play
0: Days is cool for media.
2: Going there.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, got it. Okay, wonderful. Um, this is the Idris Elba starring uh, oh. DLC story pack for Cyberpunk 2077. Um, sure. Yep. That's about it. And that's the news.
3: <laughs> Digital Elba.
0: I do love it. Everyone loves some Elba. Oh, man. Knuckles, oh, of course. You know? Get on it. Mm. Is that his best known,
2: known role? <laughs> you yeah, like- yeah, yeah, good job. All done. Mm, there's Excellent. a whole lot of between James, no worries, Knuckles mate. and Idris. All right, let's get yeah, um, a- power through the off topics and you can put the kids to bed. <laughs> uh, I don't have a 90s film of the week. Someone can pick one.
0: Da, 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 90s film of the w- 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 week. Uh, 90s film of the week this week is going to go to um, Jurassic Park 3 The Lost World, baby. Is that, even, is that in the 90s? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't
1: know. Let's I find out like, together. Show early
0: yeah? 2000s. How about Safe? I feel What's like Safe? Safe is from the 90s. Uh, right? Jurassic, Jurassic Park 3 was 2001,
3: I'm afraid.
0: Like ah, so I'm a, a class, stupid though. moron. Okay. uh, All right. That's fine. I picked one anyway. 1995 film Safe starring Julianne Moore. This is done by uh, written and directed by Todd Haynes, who is a phenomenal queer filmmaker. Uh, Julianne Moore stars as a woman in 1987. She's in like this like suburban life that she's living where everything's kind of picture perfect. And she develops what she sort of internalizes as like um, like shitty allergic reactions to like microplastics or things in the air that you can't see and stuff like that. The whole thing is like a really beautiful metaphor for the AIDS crisis. Haunting film. Absolutely adore it. Please go and watch it. <laughs> the,
3: the cover or the poster is incredible.
0: It's, yeah, look, to look at that, I, I saw that image before I saw the movie and I was like, what the fuck? And now yeah. that I know it in context, I want to vomit when I see it. So like, just good shit. <laughs> Just,
1: oh 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 this is just just like a um, holy moly <laughs> <laughs> does, does this get just have like a dark turn like a requiem for the dreams uh,
0: yeah but in, in more of like a deeply personal way like it is a, a very uncomfortable film
3: yeah right i'm, I'm, I'm intrigued <laughs> hey do you know something interesting and while we talk about movies that i found quite cool the other day do you know that youtube has a range of free to watch movies with ads nowadays
0: what i didn't <laughs> legitimately
3: I, I went to YouTube movies to like watch something that I own and there's another section there that is just movies that are free to watch on YouTube provided that you're okay with watching an ad or two
4: fuck that, that Ash yeah, TNA has a bunch of their old pay-per-views for free on YouTube oh. that's where you should be spending your time Bound for Glory 2007 baby get around that
2: <laughs> oh,
3: wrestling fair enough
2: Ooh, wrestling. I just saw all those pictures of the street <laughs> in, the, in the general channel <laughs> I can't
3: I love how you created this thing that you thought was, you know, horrendous, this Freddie Mercury abomination, yet here's legitimate eldritch horrors, the kind of things <laughs> that crawl out from under your bed and have you <laughs> questioning your sanity, and people are taking him into the online mode.
2: Yeah, that, um,
0: fuck. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it as I was like, a beautiful film about the AIDS crisis, <laughs> Zach starts pissing himself laughing. I couldn't
1: figure it out. I was oh, trying yeah. to piece it together. I was like, is it really that funny? I was, I was, like, trying, to hold,
2: I was trying to hold it in. I was trying to hold... I couldn't rate it at all. No, I was but, a bit concerned. But, but I got to that guy in the fucking like, the <laughs> tank top. Yeah, so There's
3: a whole thing. The with the red eyes. Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, God, these goodness. things are absolutely nightmarish. It's... Clue the, the audience. Well, I mean, think for a second: if the the width of your legs, the average circumference, was wider than your fucking waist, there's somebody with two of those legs, and then they have these tiny little T-Rex arms <laughs> in a fighting game. Surely that must put you at a disadvantage when you cannot actually reach your opponent to punch them, yet you can kick through a freight train.
4: Nah, you still just throw fireballs at them until they die. Yeah,
3: exactly, chuck a hadouken. Yeah, as long as you can mm. hadouken.
2: Mm. 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 all right off topics any uh films and shit you want to talk about james did you listen to sleep token no nah. dead to me uh, hey you
0: know what i did do though just super duper quick in and out uh i saw fast and furious 10 in the cinema um bad did not like it and that makes me sad because i think they're genuinely fun movies but this one is not good that's all it's i only enjoy every second one okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> Is it is it like <laughs> so bad that it's
4: entertaining or is it just dog no, shit? No.
0: No, ah. it, it, it's just it's just poorly sloppy put together crap. Um no. there was a couple of scenes that made me go like, "Oh okay," and Jason Momoa plays a very obviously queer villain who is phenomenal. The rest of it though can get in the bin. It's it's a it's a lot of bin. Oh, that's
3: Did Anybody yeah. Anybody see the comment when somebody says uh the main reason to believe that the Fast and the Furious franchise reflects a group of people playing a D&D campaign in Fast X is them playing at max level.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That is shockingly accurate to a what goes of, down in that movie. It puts
3: it in perspective, doesn't it? That's it good. does.
1: New season of I Think You Should Leaves
3: oh, yes. Up. that? I so have so not watched that, but I'm getting more and more interested in it. Should is it something I should drop what I'm doing and get involved with or what? Uh, I think it's your flavor of absurd. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a loaded statement, but I... Uh, it I'm it okay is, with isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it.
1: <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but it's got a pretty amusing piece on VR. That, that oh, the new VR season. have seen him in other things. In the new Excellent. season. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, the, the conundrum that VR faces when uh, trying to, tan- like, tangibly interpret what reality is between the two spaces and have a freak out. Uh, it's, it's bloody funny.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm not going to click on that. I want to watch Sisu. Nope. You're, what? Not gonna, you're not going to click on oh, one, Zach. The, the Sisu movie?
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh. we shouldn't have told people to watch the trailer for that. Oh, was it the best parts?
2: Mm-hmm. Really? You got uh, pretty good reviews, though.
1: It was the entire movie. Oh. <laughs> pretty short <laughs> it film. It's like, I, I, I just don't know what, what the film had that the trailer didn't.
2: Where would you watch it? Wait, do I want
1: to know? Palace Cinema, bro. Oh, so it's out. Hey, good old
2: palace. Stitched up by the fucking. Get on it. Man. I will get on it. Don't you worry about that.
1: Yeah, but I feel like you'd enjoy it more if you hadn't seen the trailer. Mm.
3: I find a lot of films are like that, though, let's be clear.
1: I mean, this is a shorter film, so they have pretty much compressed most of it into the trailer. I think it ran at like less than 90 minutes. It's pretty brief.
2: Yeah, right. Still fun. Spewing. All right, let's wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. You can check out the content on www.well-played.com.au. We've got Ash's Diablo 4 review, some stuff from Nathan, some stuff from Adam. Street Fighter 6, maybe, if you're lucky. <laughs> James might be there as well. You never know. Hmm? Yep, exactly. Have a good weekend, and uh, we will see you next time.
1: Fit Goodbye. Bye. See you Bye. soon. Mario. Go.
2: Goodbye.
0: Okay.
4: Can't tell you how much I want to watch that Shakira documentary.
3: <laughs> Fuck.